The Legal Corner Podcast Series. Welcome to today's episode of The Legal Corner, a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed. Hosted by attorney at law Colin Dinoon and communication specialist Leonardo Torres. to be back with you today on the Legal Corner podcast series. Leonardo will join us on a subsequent episode when he's able to do so. In today's episode, we'll be looking at selling professional services. And our distinguished guest today is Mr. Jared Bess Mitchell. For those of you who are active on LinkedIn, you most definitely know who I'm talking about. But just to provide a bit of further information concerning him. He possesses in-depth knowledge and experience in using modern sale techniques and strategies that improve the performance of sales teams. On LinkedIn, his content has received over 100,000 organic views monthly, and he's regarded as one of the top content creators in the Caribbean. He has an obsession with the color yellow, and this began when he was five years old. Over the past 17 years, he has been successful in B2B and B2C sales for companies such as Digicel, DHL, Nokia, Microsoft, and Samsung. And since becoming a sales consultant in 2019, he has trained hundreds of sales professionals in the insurance FMCG, real estate, media, and telecoms industries. Mr. Bess Mitchell has also co-founded the only sales conference in the Caribbean, Sales as a Profession, and was recognized locally and internationally as one of the top content creators and social sellers on LinkedIn. He was selected to be a content contributor to LinkedIn for nonprofits in 2021 and has been a keynote speaker throughout the Caribbean on sales, LinkedIn, and motivational topics, energizing and inspiring audiences wherever he goes. Finally, he was recently invited to write a chapter in Daniel Disney's best-selling book, The Ultimate LinkedIn Messaging Guide about the use of video in sales. Good day to you, Jared, and welcome to Legal Corner Podcast Series. Hey, Colin. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Thanks so much for having me on. Lovely. Glad to have you, man. You know, I always like your energy on LinkedIn, and I always follow your content. It's very educational and always very inspiring to go out there and, and sell. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, for me, all I would say is that I, I, I just realized what the, I wouldn't say what the magic formula is, but I just realized, in a sense, LinkedIn is, is like prime real estate, but the only way to actually capture part of the real estate is through content. And very few people are doing it, and I love creating it. So I get opportunity to make a massive land grab, which is what I'm taking advantage of. And I feel good about it because I'm doing it through providing as much value as I can by sharing my knowledge and experiences. So really great to be here and, you know, just to talk about sales for your community. All right, Jared. Now, what does the art of selling entail? I don't know, like that, that, that's just a broad question. Um, here's what I'll tell you. Over the years of what I've learned, I will tell you five, six years ago, 
I would give you the cookie cutter response of selling is about providing value and blah, 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 and all these other things. And I ditched that. And then, because it is about providing value. And then when I looked at it deeper on at one point, which is part of my other understanding, because there's three things. It is about providing value. It is about making money because the key benefit about being in sales is that we can dictate how much money we get paid. We are the only job that can actually do that. Every single month you can dictate how much you get paid. But what I'm more focused on now and where it really has me focusing on is that sales to me is the transfer of enthusiasm. My goal now in life is to get people excited about ideas and for them to execute on those ideas. That for me is what selling is right now. Getting people excited about ideas and like, excuse me, the, the outcomes that you could create for them, whether it's through your products or services or your interactions with them. What should someone have in mind when they're engaging with a prospect? What is important to them? A lot of times when I see people engaging with prospects, and just yesterday I had experience with it, they make it all about them. They don't ask enough questions and they don't necessarily try and understand like where the buyer is. Like that's my key thing. So like when you're engaging with a prospect, even though they might fit your ideal client profile, they would match certain things based on who you've probably sold to in the past. We still always try and sell to them basically instead of trying to understand what's your need, where they at in this decision-making process because that's the thing that we keep forgetting. And like one of my things this year is to be really obsessed with the buyer because I want to understand what are their triggers, what are their motivations, what are their reasons for doing things. So for me, I transfer as little time talking about myself versus really trying to uncover the reason as to why are you making a decision? Why have you reached out to me? And you know, what do you think my product or service can do? Because that's the other thing. A lot of times, sometimes prospects reach out to us because they think we could do something for them and that's actually not the case. So to me, it's always just focusing on the, the prospects' needs and perspective versus anything I'm trying to offer. Now for professionals who cannot advertise, like lawyers and so on, how does this affect the sales process? Pussy, can I say it's a shame that lawyers and dentists and stuff cannot advertise the services? It's such a stupid archaic law that exists in Trinidad and Tobago and it's a disadvantage to the market, especially for I would say the dentist and the like the legal profession. Like I I I still believe that you guys should advertise and showcase your services. Um but especially like in the dental profession where your teeth is one of the most valuable things that you have on you. So not to be able to advertise that and educate people, it, it, it's just so dumb. I don't know how else to say it. But you, you've seen it from what I do. You can't, you don't need to sell. What you have to do is create awareness. You have to change what you're doing. Because remember, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me. The thing with the lawyers, they can't advertise prices or like your phone numbers or locations, correct? Yes, and you also cannot uh, put yourself out there in such a way that you are trying to convince persons that you are better than other attorneys. No problem. All you have to do is educate your audience. I don't say, oh, reach out to me or call me. No, my content adds a value where people say, listen, I'm not getting this information from anywhere else, so I'm going to come to you when I'm ready to buy. So that's what all the professions need to do, especially legal profession. There are not enough of you all actually putting out information for your audience to be educated on based on the field that you're in. Because here's what a lot of people get fearful of. Like, if I put out content, it might reach the wrong person. That's a given. Content always reaches the wrong person. It's just like if you put a billboard on the, on the highway. 
the wrong people might see it, the right people will see it. And that's what you want. You want the right people to see it. But if you don't put anything out there, then no one is going to see it and then people don't benefit. So what you're also doing, which is what, it, especially with this question, um, or you could sell without advertising, well, your knowledge is what indirectly lets people realize, oh, you are better. Because let's put a scenario, Colin. Let's just say I went to a lawyer and I, I, I asked my friend. My friend told me to go to this lawyer. And I wasn't really too happy with what he was telling me. I didn't feel 100% confident, right? But then I saw your content and you was talking about a particular topic that I was interested in. And then you was able to explain it to me better. That already did the job of showing that I'm better than this person and I didn't have to say it. So I'm above everything in what are the rules or whatever the law association or the dental association are. Because the customer came to the realization, I didn't have to tell them. So that's how you sell. You have to create content and everybody can do it. Because here's the thing what a lot of people don't realize. All my content comes on my phone. Okay. I do nothing on like... The webcam is the fancy thing I have here. And even though when I'm here and you see a video with this background, it's still coming from my phone. We have the best device in the world to educate our, our potential customers without selling and make them come to us. Because the thing that you would like about this is that when people come to me, like clients come to me, it's already at the decision stage or the buying stage. It's not the consideration stage. So they way ahead in the sales process where they're ready to make a decision. They just want to have a final conversation with me to confirm a couple of details because the content already guided them. Jared, talk to us about resistance. There's always resistance when you're trying to make a sale. How do we overcome the resistance of a prospect? Re resistance just means that they haven't uncovered all their, all their concerns. The problem with resistance is that we don't, we don't act resistance or we don't call out resistance in the right way. So like, if I'm talking to you, right? And I realize that we are at the, the decision stage or I give you some information and I know you can say things and we're like, oh, okay. Hmm. We, you need to pay attention to the, to the prospect's body language or tone, especially if you're calling over the phone and call it out. And just say, Mr. Customer, your tone didn't sound like that was the response you're looking for or that may have been important to you, but I may not be able to deliver. Am I correct by saying this? You have to actually call it out and then what you have to do is make sure and address it so that you can decide, okay, if this is an objection or, res or resistance, how much, like, is it a deal breaker? Or is it something that we can overcome? Or is it something that's a trade-off? Because we all know this. When we are buying something, we always make trade-offs. So you have to talk to the customer about it and say, listen, it sounds like this is the scenario. Let me know how important it is for you in order for us to continue the discussion to make a decision. And if it's something that you need to put a stop for and it's a deal breaker, then cool. But if not, and we can compromise on it later on, then let's continue the conversation. At this point, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Now, Jared, before the break, you were just talking to us about resistance and the fact that we need to call it out directly. 
right? We kind of yeah. dance around the fact that there may be certain certain things that could end up being deal breakers. Now we want to switch gears a bit. We are still in the throes of the pandemic, although it is receding. It is heading into endemic stage in a lot of we countries. Just so our objects that we're not in a pandemic. We like to use the excuse of a pandemic, but we are out of it, in my opinion. That's just me. Okay. I don't, I, I, in my opinion, okay. we're not in a pandemic. We, we, we just want to use the excuse. Right. Oh, I can't, I can't come out to the about the pandemic. No, it's not. It's not. We're in 2023. <laughs> it's not. There's no, no, yeah. All right. no, no. Yes. Well, anyway, my question is, how has the pandemic changed? The professional skills, sales landscape. Um, I think it's changed it's in a lot of good ways. Um, I, so number one, I work a lot with the insurance industry. So one of the good things was um, it, it, it made a lot of the insurance advisors switch to how they were doing business. The insurance industry was a traditional face-to-face one. Even with, actually, forget insurance. Let's look at the law. Let's look at the law industry. Even though it's not sales. The implementation of technology was one of the best things that happened because of the pandemic. There was so much technology that sales professionals were, I wouldn't say forced, but they had no other choice but to use from basic things like Zoom to using CRMs to different types of technology to be able to access or be accessible to their clients and customers easier. And it made my day. I honestly found it was great. What I love in particular about how the pandemic changed the landscape is that it allowed us to identify now that there is a group of buyers who would pay premium for certain services once you position it and sell it well. So when I meet companies who say sales are low or things are low, I tell them, no, you're wrong. And people don't have money. I said, no, you're wrong. Right now, if you go into BMW, you could barely get a car. If you go into Mercedes-Benz, you could barely get a car. People have money. You have not been able to express your value to the buyer. You have not convinced them of the value. Because I've realized that people would pay money once you show them the value. And I think that is one of the best things out of the pandemic so far. Like coming out of it, that use of technology, making us being um, able to sell faster, letting customers be able to utilize or pay for our services even better is one of the best things. I love the adoption of technology and I want more of it to happen. Right. Can anyone be successful in sales? Yes. Because and you you might appreciate this. I was In, in my training, I always tell people, to, I always pull up a slide and I say, sales are science or an art, right? For people to say, what do you think it is? And a lot of times people say, it's an art. And I said, no, it's mostly, it's mostly science. If your organization has a process and a system in place and you're disciplined and you can follow it, you would be successful at sales. You don't need to be extroverted, introverted, none of those things. You necessarily need to have the discipline to follow the process. Because all sales, it doesn't matter if you're in retail or if you are in... Um, business to business sales is the same process. So, like for example, when you go into a courtroom to do a particular case, isn't there a process? Yes. And if you follow the process, you should have a high probability of success. Depending on the evidence, of course. Yeah, uh, you know, let me not say a high probability of, of success, but it's easier for you to determine the outcome. Yes, the process so, does make things easier. And for a lot of people who aren't successful in sales, it's those people who like to wing it. Like, they just wake up and move randomly. Like, if you look at who the best salespeople are, they are very detailed, they're very planned, and they take what they do, like, in their day-to-day work serious, and they focus on, like, the revenue-generating activities. 
So to me, once you follow the process that an organization has in place, you'll be successful. Sure, this has been a great conversation. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to thelegalcornerpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.